Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, let's speed through some headlines. There was a Nintendo Direct this week. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with ya. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, joined as always by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. Mark, how are you? Hey, I'm doing pretty good. How are you, Patrick? I'm also doing pretty good. I feel like we started at like a high clip here. <laughs> Hi, Mark. How are you doing? It's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. How are you? Got a lot of energy. Yes, definitely a lot of energy. Beautiful day today. Yes, moving right into the weather report. Seamless transition. Uh, we're professional a, as always. Always <laughs> professional. Not a cloud in the sky, except for the few clouds in the sky. Mark, what have you been playing? Um, a lot of Zelda. I want to hear all about this, man. Uh, um, so I haven't done any of the Divine Beasts yet. No Divine Beasts. No. And have you even come close to any of them? Yeah, like uh, I, I the on the Goron one. Yeah. It's climbing all around the volcano. Yeah. Like, I see him climbing around all the time. <laughs> and yeah, I know good. how to get to him. Um, And then the one in the Zora Kingdom. Mm-hmm. But every time I'm like, I should go do a Divine Beast, I get sidetracked. Because I'm like, okay, I'll do that. But first, I'm just going to, like, do a couple more shrines, make sure I have enough hearts. Right. You know, I'm going to go... I'll, how, I'll how get many the Master hearts? Sword. Okay, so you do have the Master Sword. Uh-huh. Which I loved the way that that is presented. Yes. Um, The whole thing with the Master Sword, the Deku Tree, Um, when you... Like, it doesn't tell you how many hearts you need to have. Right. You... And I, I wish I hadn't known beforehand, because I feel like the way that they did it was so cool. Yeah, I mean, I also looked it up because so the the way the way it presents it, it's uh, the deco tree is like if you uh, try to pull the sword out, um, it's going to hurt you until you pull it all the way out and you lose like half a heart at a time. Um, and there's like a, a little demo of it at first where the first time he's like, go ahead, try try to pull it out. Um, and then the deco tree stops you before the sword kills you. Um and then when you go to pull it, it still goes through that same thing. Like it's not it's not an automatic you have the the right number of hearts and like the sword just pops out. Like they still do the thing and you still feel like your life is in danger. Yeah, so if you didn't know how many hearts you're supposed to have, you would do it and be like, Do I have enough hearts? Yeah, am I There's gonna do no it? There's no way time? to know really. Right. It's very cool. And I loved the Lost Woods. Yeah. Um Yeah, I'm just really enjoying my time in it and occasionally i will feel a little um lost in the sense that it's just like like overwhelming how big this game is and how much the expanse that you have to explore yeah but every time and but usually what happens when i'm feeling that way is i'll come across a side quest or i'll see a shrine in the distance or something that will give me purpose again yes yeah i mean it it doesn't take much right to um see something either like on your map or um something just off in the distance where you're like i'm gonna go i'm i'm just i'm gonna go to that i'm gonna chase that thing down um but yeah what even when i find myself like between those moments and i'm like oh i've got this whole quest log of like stuff i can go back to there's just tons and tons of it um and it's all like 
I don't know. Everything seems very straightforward. Like there's no nothing super obtuse in those quests. I was thinking um, just the other day how before the game was released and or before there was a ton of reveals and we were just seeing a few trailers, mm-hmm. you know, one of the big worries was that the world would feel empty. Yeah. And I feel like it does a really good job of like towing that line between having a ton of stuff to do, but also feeling like there's lots of exploration to do. Like if the world doesn't feel empty. Right. I mean, it, except for the places where it does feel empty and that's like meaningful emptiness, right? Have you spent much time in the uh, the desert? No, not yet. That's actually one area I haven't really gone into at all. So there are like large expanses of the desert that are that are empty, um, and where it's just like uh, sandstorms all the time, um, and that emptiness, that like desolateness, totally plays into you know what it is over there, and like what's challenging about being in that area. And I feel the same way about the. Uh, um, the mountains near um, Kakariko, not Kakariko, the other Hateno village. Um, like when you go up there and it's cold and there are just like those three um, spruce trees that like you have to line up and find the, the shrine that's over there. It's all, it just, it, the desolation feels like it uh, is serving a like narrative or like environmental purpose. And that's one thing because, you know, Nintendo has been saying that this is kind of the new framework for Zelda. Yes. At least, you know, for the foreseeable future. And open air, they're calling it. And I like that versus open world. Yeah. And I wonder if, I because this is about like basically post-apocalypse, essentially. Yeah. You know, like a civilization rebuilding itself. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's a lot of room for the same um structure the same format but you know in a more like lively at its peak society yeah i mean it it would be cool to have a zelda game that takes place in in a world that would be more like uh hyrule 100 years ago like that would that would be cool to have all of these uh civilizations like at their peak um but man i also love just stomping around ruins and like you know, there's like an army training ground, which is just like, it's like slid down the mountainside and like everything is just wrecked. I think one of the nice things about this sort of like format is you could have both. Yeah. Very easily. Mm-hmm. Um, have you encountered any of the dragons? I have. I have encountered a couple dragons. That's I've, one of my like favorite things. It's yeah. It's, it's so beautiful. It's some. Yeah. It's like literally awe inspiring where you're just like, <gasps> look, look at this thing. Um. Have you collected any dragon scales from them? I have not collected any pieces because the first couple times I encountered them, I was just like over, <laughs> just like overcome, you know. Um, but yeah, next time I'm gonna shoot me some scales off. Of that <laughs> and I guess like depending on where you aim, you can get because there's scales for hitting them, but then some of them also drop like mm, it's not like toenails, but like claws. Yeah, and they're like, and, like shards a horn, of horn and like, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, I, I got me a bunch of Hinox toenails and guts and <laughs> teeth and stuff. Um, have you gone to the north where there are like a uh north of the Lost Woods and there's like a an isle like a huge island, I think it's ruins or something that you uh fly to and then it's like pitch black? 
No. And you have to okay. There's a lot of cool stuff. And there to the east, there's a series of islands. Mm-hmm. And uh I remember just seeing them once and it has the flying guardians, like those drone guardians. Yes. I was like, what could possibly be over there? What could and, possibly be there? And I just lo- I just yeah. love stuff like that. I yeah. love um just like discovering all of this stuff. Yeah, I mean it, it yeah, Hyrule still has so many surprises and like so much I don't have the whole map filled in. I don't I don't know if you do. Mm-mm. Um it's all like there's so much stuff to go back to. Um never really a reason to turn it off. You mentioned uh before we were recording that like you had one of those like, "Oh, I'll just play another like another hour and like oh no i've got a million other things i want to do oh yeah that was me last night i was like okay i'm just gonna go to bed after i upgrade this armor and but in order to upgrade the armor i had to get some uh like lizards i can't remember which ones what they're called they're like in the uh goron region yeah they're sure. like fire fire um, something yeah and in my efforts to do that i like saw some other stuff and i was like well, these are all kind of like small tasks, so I'll just do them really quickly. Uh, right. But all and, that adds up. And there's no doing anything quickly. Like, anytime I'm like, oh, I'll just do this, it's like an hour later, and I'm just getting it done. Uh, what else have we been playing, Mark? We started playing Donkey Kong Country 2, Diddy's Conquest. That's right. As part of our play-along series, you'll hear uh, the first episode of which is going to be coming out on Thursday. Mm-hmm. That's us before turning on the game. So, you know, you can listen to that whether you've played the game or not, and then join us in two weeks uh, for the first chunk of that game. Um, And you will hear more about that on those episodes. Uh, I've also been playing that Puyo Puyo Tetris demo, um, but we can talk about that when it comes up in our discussion of the Direct. Yep. Great. Cool. Um, Then let's move into... So, the Nintendo Direct obviously constitutes news right but there's so much that happened in that thing we're just making it our topic of the show so here with the news that is not the nintendo direct this first one's a real bummer Nintendo has announced that they are ceasing production of the NES Classic Edition and the Famicom Mini worldwide. Whoa. Fitting with your theory that it was never meant to be like a, a thing that they were doing in perpetuity forever anyway. A limited item. When it's done, it's done. Yeah. Seemingly very limited. Oh, could, yeah. It seems like they could have sold way more of these if they had wanted to. Not if they had wanted to. If they had had the manufacturing bandwidth. Right. It's a bummer. Yeah, I mean, I, I really do believe that the reason why they aren't making more is because those resources are going towards the Switch. Yeah, I would even say probably also towards the uh, 3DS as well. They have to still be making those things because um, they're, you know, at, when we get to the Direct, um, it's amazing how much, how many 3DS games are still coming out. So, yeah, I mean, the they can only support so many pillars at one time. It's just a bummer that one that seems like such an easy sell to people uh, was not one that they were able to support. I think that we will see a SNES Classic mm-hmm. Edition, and I will be surprised if they make a similar mistake. I think we will see a lot of those come Christmas. I don't know if every like you know they will be 
easy to get, but I think they will be easier to get than the NES Classic Edition has been. Uh, I would think that they would be less popular than the NES Classic. I mean, I, I, I we would like obviously a, a SNES Classic, um, but you know, I don't think it has the same sort of immediately like obvious appeal as the NES. Like the NES, there's just a further, uh, there's a further like expanse of time between when it was around in the first place and now, and it's just a more iconic video game system. Yeah, I think that would be interesting because I agree that like for, I think for like people my age and your age, Mm -hmm. the SNES is, um, holds more cultural cash. Yeah. Uh, I agree that like, people like my parents the snes doesn't mean as much to them right because they kind of moved on from games after the nes i mean i think it would still do really well i I mean that that's probably right i just i wonder if it captures the same sort of you know like everyone was crazy about this thing and wanted it right well also because this one ended up being such a limited run yeah if they do release an snes classic people will be like i'm not gonna wait I will buy one as soon as, you know, like I have the opportunity. So yeah. if they make a lot of them, they will sell a lot up front. That's a great point. Because people will be like, I know what happened with the NES Classic Edition. Right. This will be the only way to get this thing. More fuel for people who think the Nintendo artificially limits. Uh, yep. The, uh, the supply. Yeah. 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 Well, what are you going to do? Uh, on the topic of sales, according to NPD, Switch sold 906,000 units in March. That makes it Nintendo's fastest selling console ever. That's nuts for March. Yeah. Like, because most systems release in during the holiday season. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty crazy. Yeah. No, that, I mean, that's the, those are impressive numbers and it's restricted. Yeah. Just by supply again, that uh, if Nintendo had more of them out there, they would have sold more. Um, that and Breath of the Wild sold over 1.3 million units, including 925,000 for the Switch, which is an attach rate of over 100%. So I tweeted about this uh, earlier in the week when these numbers were coming out. Um, but when I was doing my Wii Hunt back in 2006, um, and you know couldn't find it, couldn't find it, couldn't find it, I did reach a point where I bought. Twilight Princess, and you know, maybe I forget what else, some other kind of accessory, like just to be ready. So I would have these things back in my place. So I'm sure there are people that are like, "Oh, you don't have the Switch? Well, let me get Zelda, and I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll get it. I'll get it eventually, and I'll just have Zelda waiting for me at home." Yeah, I think that's definitely true. Uh, in their press release, Nintendo also says that they attribute it to people who bought both a regular and like a special edition. Oh yeah, I mean, I. I say, oh, yeah, and then was about to say, I guess that makes sense, but why would, <laughs> why would you do that? To not open the special edition? Yeah, that? maybe. Oh, that's interesting. Um, but yeah, th- just like completely kind of crazy numbers. Yeah. Uh, so the independent research firm Superdata, or Data, is estimating sales of 2.4 million Switch worldwide. Mm-hmm for the month of march but we should we'll get official numbers from nintendo or at least we should in their fiscal year earnings release which is scheduled for april 27th i'm excited to uh hear how this thing is doing i mean it seems like great right 
seems like it's doing about as well as it can do. Yeah. Given supply. And I'm sure we'll talk about this more when we get to the direct, but I feel like they have a really strong first year lineup. Yeah, I feel that way too. It almost makes me wonder what they're going to do for year two. Because most all, most all of the games that they usually dangle as a carrot for like, buy a Nintendo console because in a few years, the uh, franchise you like will be on it. Almost all those games will be out in the first year. So what do you do for year two? Smash. Okay, but let's we, say that's one game. I know, I know. <laughs> I'm just there go that's the Wii U strategy. <laughs> yeah. It'll be real it'll so I'm I'm really interested to see how they keep this momentum up. How long do you think they need to keep the momentum up and like keep uh first party games, big first party games selling at an impressive rate before we see larger third party games showing up on this thing? I don't know that we will ever see larger third party games yeah. showing up on this thing. My dream is that you know, the reason why Beth- Bethesda is putting out Skyrim mm-hmm. so late is that, you know, at E3 or whatever, when they announce the new Elder Scrolls game, they're going to be like, yeah, the reason why we were putting it out on Switch at all is to get people who have never played these games on a Nintendo console, um, like, into the world, and because we're putting the new Elder Scrolls game on it as well. Right. It seems like from a yeah, it's. It, I mean, even though this is selling really well and it's a much more modern hardware, mm-hmm. we can see that the way that the rest of the industry is going, which is towards "quote unquote" pro consoles, right? Sure. They're getting bigger and better. 4K HDR, and that's that. where really big a lot of third-party developers put their efforts are mm-hmm. on the uh, bigger and shinier. Um, and so I don't. I don't know that we'll ever see anything like a big third-party game launch day and date on Switch and everything else. Yeah, well, I guess, uh, I mean, I, I, I don't necessarily mean or expect to see um, multi-console like, uh, you know, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and um, Switch releases on the same day. But if, you know, someone like Bethesda or you know, uh, like Capcom, uh, any, any of the, any of the big, um, third-party developers putting out something exclusively for, or developed for the Switch. Um, I mean, I guess it would have to contend with what you can sell on the other platforms. And there are, you know, however many million of them, like b- between, uh, Xbox and PlayStation, there's, well, like, I don't even know the numbers, but it's it's way more than you're ever going to have switches in the wild. Yeah, I I think we'll maybe see a few. I mean, this happened on like the Wii, like a few random right. exclusives. But in my head, and this is pers like personally perfectly fine for me. Is I think the Switch is going to be, it's going to get a lot of Japanese third party support, like mm-hmm. the Vita did. And then it's going to have Nintendo first-party games. And indie games. Yes. Right. Yeah. Which is it? I mean, that's a pretty good library. So. But if you are looking for a console that has everything. I mean, there will never. That doesn't exist, I guess. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't exist. Because you got to play Zelda on something. (laughs) So we talked about last month how Pocket Rumble. 
Oh, Bucket Rumble. Was supposed to come out in March. I wanted it to come out in March. Um, But hopefully the release date shouldn't be too far off now. The developer explained on Twitter that, quote, the date we announced was too early to begin with due to miscommunication. Working out the technical kinks of the port has just taken much longer than we expected. They recently submitted a uh, their first build of the game to Nintendo uh-huh. and are waiting to hear back. Usually, it sounds like first builds never get approved. So right. then they'll have to fix some more bugs and then resubmit. But hopefully in the next few weeks, we'll have a clearer idea of when we can expect that game out. I just want to play that game, Mark. Don't think it's too much to ask. <laughs> Yeah, hopefully soon. Yeah. Dr- there was the uh, Dragon Quest. Big Dragon Quest live stream. Right. And if you have not been following the Dragon Quest news, you're probably asking yourself, how could you possibly have not led with the Dragon Quest live stream? And and why, why did we not lead with the Dragon Quest live stream? Because there was no Switch information. Yes. And all we got was a uh, release date for the 3ds and ps4 version which is july 29th in japan now i was so excited for this live stream because i was like i don't but i would i was stupidly excited for it because i knew it wouldn't be a worldwide release right so there's a lot to localize in there and the japanese love dragon quest way more than we do and square enix will probably never bring it here it'll be nintendo probably if it right. gets localized right. who localizes it so it, it was cool but the game is still even though it's coming out on in july in japan it's still at least a year or 18 months off before we'll get it here so there was a weird thing uh announced uh with dragon quest 10 that you can that there is a a package or like a um or for Dragon Quest Eleven Eleven yeah. sorry yes there is a bundle that they're selling that is the PS4 version and the 3DS version together yeah which is insane because like Nintendo has a home console and Sony has a handheld console like I don't know why it's like crossing the companies yeah I, these platforms I wonder how they got them to agree to that. I don't know. I mean, I guess in Japan, if you're Dragon Quest, you say, I want what I want, and I want these released on the two most, uh, the two consoles with the highest install base. And they're like, okay, all right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The only thing they did say about the Switch edition is that it's still in development, and they can't say whether it'll it'll release as the same day as the 3DS and PS4 versions. But that means no. Yeah, right? there's no reason. I mean, what a weird way to phrase that, though. Oh, we can't say. <laughs> we can give you riddles. Do you like riddles? In other Dragon Quest news that won't be make any difference for those of us in North America, uh, Dragon Quest X was previously announced for the Switch, and um, it was shown off in the Japan version of the Nintendo Direct that we're going to be talking about. In if you owned the Wii version you'll be able to download the Switch version for free. That's nice. Yeah. Uh, this is uh, also something that uh, we were talking about in relationship to uh, Donkey Kong Country 2. Um, I, I downloaded it on my Wii U, and I was able to do so for a buck fifty because I had previously purchased it on uh, my Wii. 
which you know we can we complain about Nintendo not having like a unified account system, and it's still sort of frustrating. But like a buck fifty is you know basically nothing. Um, you know, I I tipped more than that on takeout t- today, so I don't know. Just a, a a little note that you know we we grumble about that, and it's they have a, at least half a solution in place for it. Um, we'll it'll be very interesting to see what shakes out with the switch and virtual console yeah it will but i mean this is and i understand this is uh square enix and not nintendo but that's a that's an encouraging um like first step well i think for them part of it is that dragon quest 10 is an mmo so where they make their money is in subscription fees Mm -hmm. so they might as well give away the game at this point if you already bought it yeah to keep you engaged and subscribe playing it yeah that makes sense Tumbleseed is releasing May 2nd on the Switch. So Tumbleseed. Uh, uh, there's a lot of interest for this game online. I've seen a lot of people talking about it, and I watched the trailer for it, and I don't really get it. You were, trying, you were kind of explaining it to me. I don't totally get it either. So you, you're playing as a seed, and you're like controlling either end of like this platform that it's rolling up a hill, and the platform is pushing it. Um, and like you're avoiding obstacles and using power ups and all this kind of stuff, but it's not like it. It very much looks like it is a tilt control based game, but it is uh, a lot more precision and a more of like a skill based game. Um, but yeah, I don't. I don't know. There's there's a, a weird barrier where I'm like, I'm a seed. What are you talking about? But I, I I don't totally I don't totally get it. It doesn't make sense to me just yet. I. I do like how basically every week there has been at least one big indie that's yeah. been releasing mm-hmm. on the Switch, and that's been really fun. Um, and I I don't know if it's because it's like new console that everybody's really excited about, but I've been I personally been much more engaged with indies on the Switch than I, you know, have been on the 3DS or the Wii. Yeah, I've never owned a Wii U. Uh, I think there also there's a nice. Uh, like even pacing right that every every week there's like one big one and maybe like two or three littler ones um or like one that you have to play and like two kind of garbage titles <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of nice or it's kind of cool to see nintendo they haven't um relegated all the indies to thursday eShop releases some of them are showing up on tuesdays you know which is like the major game release day right as well uh it just seems overall that indies are a more important part to the switch yeah than absolutely they were they it doesn't feel like they're being um like relegated to a second tier yeah they're not being like minimized in any in any capacity they are games for this system um and i think you know especially when we are still basically living in a time where like zelda is the only huge game on this thing that that's that's great there, there's so much room for these littler games these smaller shorter tighter experiences to live like when mario come mario kart comes out in a couple of weeks it's going to like start to take the air out of like both of those camps a little bit because it kind of is both um but then it's not going to be until like splatoon or something that another game that size comes along arms i guess um yeah i just i i, I think it's 
I think it's there's just a good balance. There's a lot of room for those littler games to thrive. Finally, at the before the Nintendo Direct, a Mario Kart 8 Deluxe Switch bundle leaked online. Um, turns out it was it's exclusively for Russia. Okay. It honestly, I'm surprised that it's for anyone. Like you don't need to do that. You don't need to bundle the Switch with Mario Kart. It's maybe you do in Russia. It's I, weird. I don't. I don't understand why it's a Russia exclusive. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, but it did make me think that by. I don't think it was a strategic decision, but by launching in March, Nintendo Nintendo has given themselves a lot of bandwidth come holiday to bundle Zelda with it to yeah. bundle mario kart with it right like bundle mario odyssey with it yeah like you can be really aggressive because at that point those games will have already been out for all nine months almost a year yeah so you can be really aggressive with your bundling um you know like come black friday and not really uh hurt your profit oh yeah that's a good point i mean i i don't know at at this point like bundle or no like I think people are going to want switches come come Christmas. It seems like it could be really crazy. Whew. Should we get on to uh, some new releases this week? Yeah. Um, Wonder Boy, the Dragon's Trap is coming out on today, the 18th. Yes, that's Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Yes. For the Switch. Mm-hmm. On Thursday is the Neo Geo release of the week, Fatal Fury, the King of Fighters. And on the 3DS in the North American eShop is Urban Trial Freestyle 2. It's been out in Europe for a while, but it's just getting a release in the U.S. this week. So a little bit of a quieter week for um, new releases, but there's a lot out there right now and a lot coming up in the next, you know, like I said, Cart is coming up soon, Puyo Puyo Tetris, um, all kind of bigger uh, games. Uh, any of that that you're looking forward to or going to pick up, Mark? I'm interested in Wonder Boy. Yeah, I'm a little interested in Wonder Boy 2. It's not a series that I'm intimately familiar with. Yeah. But, but the things I've been uh, reading about it and the footage I've seen makes it look uh, like something I might enjoy. Right. Oh, and I have Bye Bye Box Boy downloaded because that finally came out. We'll touch on a little bit in the Nintendo Direct. Right. But haven't had a chance to open that up yet. You know what? Let's finish up with the news here, because we have so much Direct to talk yeah. about. Closing up the news. But before we get to that, we have a regular segment on our show. It's time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or a group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So for the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Mark, let's talk about emojis. All right. How do you feel about them? Well, this is, we're, we're emojis, right? We're saying the little faces mm-hmm. and uh, shapes that you can use in text messages or sometimes when explaining what a Venmo payment is for. That's really it. I was late to adopting emojis. As was I. For the longest time, I rejected their use. Right. I said, no, thank you. If I need a smiley face, it's going to be a a colon and a closed parenthesis. Yeah, thank you very much. That's right. Uh, 
Do you remember when you started using them or why you started using them? No, but I did. I just started like using them a little bit. Uh huh. And then I just started using them more. And now I think I overuse them. <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't say that. I, I haven't experienced that with you. Yeah. We, we don't text a bunch, right. but like, we do text some. Um, I don't know. I, I'm almost afraid that I started using them ironically. And now I just like the, the efficiency. So my uh, friend or our mutual friend, mm-hmm. Chuck, yes. and I would use... Would, uh, I think one of the most emojis I used the most initially was just a top hat <laughs> as like a way of saying like, thank you. Right. It's a, it's like a classy tipping the hat. Yes. And then it was just became more, it's just easier. Yeah. Yeah. And Cause, cause sometimes, uh, I mean, they added it on iPhones where you can just like thumbs up something or, yes. you know, like yes. heart something or like, like something. And that's super useful instead of having to figure out what to type back. Right, because sometimes you just want to acknowledge that you saw something. My Oh, my God. I was recently in a text chain where it was like six iPhones and one something else. What a nightmare. It's so funny. So, so like, any time that someone likes or loves or puts the question marks on, a, on a, a text, it sends a text to everyone saying, this person liked yeah. this post. Now, this was just... That's just the first false alarm. False False alarm. alarm. We're going to keep going. There's there's more here. Um, So we started uh, then liking and loving those notifications. Yeah. So it would be like Patrick loved, liked, liked, loved, questioned, laughed at, uh, exclaimed, and then like the original text. It's it's great. The reason I said it's a nightmare to be in a thread where it's all people with iPhones and one person who's doing who's like living their own life smoke signals or something (laughs) is that it's like look if everybody has an iphone you can (laughs) you can name the group you can leave the group right you can do all these beautiful wonderful things when it's text messages none of that right and it's that green color no thank you i want that cool blue Uh (laughs) uh-huh Ugh. Uh, so okay, you use the the top hat emoji a lot as as like a as a, a thank you yeah. or like a polite acknowledgement. But now I feel like I use emoji. I I feel like a grandma who just like learned to text or something because sure. I use emoji for everything. Right. I love using emoji. I love punctuating sentences with emoji. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love ironically sending like the angel emoji. Oh, the baby angel emoji is so good. And like the more every time they add more emoji, I'm all I'm like all over it. Like, could you can you believe that it took them this, like a really long time to get a shrug shoulder emoji? It seems like that would be a day one addition, essential, right? essential for daily conversation. Um, I like that we are moving back to like pictograms. <laughs> we're 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 essentially communicating in hieroglyphics at yeah. this point. Um, I like to do uh, a. Well, we'll never know what you like. Know what I like to do. Uh, we were accompanied today by the St. Thomas Orchestra. St. Thomas Orchestra. Mark, we've got a Nintendo Direct to dissect. Let's get into it. Okay. So this thing, hosted by uh, Koizu- Koizumi? Koizuma? Koizumi? What did I... <laughs> What's the dude's name? Koizumi. Um... He was, uh, I feel like we were kind of introduced to him during that, uh, the Switch, um... Presentation? Yes. 
and he was like a creepy magician at that time. Uh, and I feel like they've calmed down that persona a little bit, right? Where he's just like presenting information now. Some people weren't into the format of this direct. Like they thought it was moving too quickly. But for my taste, I thought it was perfect. Yeah, keep that. Keep it coming, man. Like, let's not slow down. No. What do we? The my complaints about the direct come when it slows down, right? Yeah. Like the the arms portion of this thing was too long. I can't believe they didn't do a demo for arms. If there was a game, or at least one yet, because if there was a game that needed a demo, it's yes. that. Because th- what they they show an entire match. Yeah. And a whole fight, and it's not. I mean, it, it does. I don't think it shows particularly well. No, I don't think so either. And it and i just i feel like we have to get our hands on it to yes. really understand what this game is because mm-hmm. yeah it doesn't look that fun to me it doesn't look that fun on its own but i wonder if some of that is because uh like it has to move a little slow because it's motion control you know what i mean i mean the game can also be also be played without the motion controls I'd, so oh i'm yeah, I, the the motion controls are entirely optional in uh, ARMS. Interesting. So, I mean, I, I think it it probably is going to end up being something more like a cross between Punch-Out and Power Stone, um, but with, like, ranged attacks. But, yeah, I mean, without... I mean, even even uh, even Punch-Out, I don't think, or any, any version of Punch-Out shows particularly well. Those are all games of experience, right? Where like you can have the fun and like have the kind of discipline of like identifying tells and like when you have to dodge and wh- where you can hit. That's all very experiential based and not like there's no meaningful spectacle there that like seems exciting or fun to look at. But uh, to your point, I agree. Whenever like things slowed down and they spent a lot of time talking about one thing is yeah. when the direct drag for me so uh overall though you like this direct i love i i was super into it yeah uh like i would love to see more directs in this format even yeah where they're just uh you know we we joked about it up top but like they're just like let's speed through some headlines and you could see everything that they were going to talk about on the screen and it was kind of fun to like look down the list and be like oh man there's fire emblem coming up oh there's question marks yeah like who knows what this is that's it's cool. a reveal yeah i re- i really liked it i dug it a lot uh and it doesn't leave a lot of room for like general nintendo direct weirdness where you're like mm, whoa what what is happening here <laughs> you know no uh I, everyone always trots out the example of the puppets from the Star Fox Direct, but like, you know, all that kind of stuff. Well, I mean, I don't want that to go away. Yeah, I guess I don't either. You know, but. like, I, lo- I loved the puppets during the Star Fox Direct. I think that's like the sort of like fun thing that makes Nintendo Nintendo. So I, and I don't, I don't think that this format nex- necessarily um, excludes that sure. sort of like f- fun and weirdness, but. I, I the pacing of it felt right to me. Yeah, a- absolutely. Um, so many announcements and a ton of dates. Right, we got like a ton of release dates for stuff. Um, I they, do think. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Just uh, release dates for things that have been like kind of teased or um, uh, suggested for a while. I do think one of the things that became very evident is that even though, especially with the Switch being a success, that the 3DS 
is not necessarily long for this world. So you think it's not very long for this world. I was surprised by how much content they were, if not announcing, then at least like putting dates on and like continuing to push. Like I, I had sort of forgotten that Hey Pikmin was coming out, or we didn't didn't have a name at that point. Um, but the the new Pikmin game and like Ever Oasis and the, just a bunch of these games that they uh like get to dive back into that are going to keep the 3ds alive for it like at least at least through the end of the year yeah no i agree they're having their cake and eating it too but look at all these games a lot of them are localizations of games that have already come out in japan Mm -hmm. or there are very few games on this list that are like nintendo's teams are working on you know, uh, yeah, it's very I, I evident to me that, yeah. that the bulk of development has moved to the Switch. Yeah. And that they there is a lot of stuff coming out for the 3DS, but it is not major titles. Right. Well, let's uh, let's talk about these titles then. Um, and since I already said the name of it, let's, let's start with Hey Pikmin. Uh, hey Pikmin is coming out on July 28th. It is uh, a side-scrolling, almost uh, like platformer meets Lemmings uh, looking game that uses the verticality of the two 3DS screens. Um, looks cool. I, I've enjoyed my time with uh, Pikmin 3. Uh, and I mean, this, this is probably one that I will actually go back to my 3DS uh, to play. Do we know who's developing this? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. It, I don't know that we the do. The verticality and... Um... It all makes me kind of feel like it's a good feel developed game, like the uh, yar or yeah, the yeah, um, Yoshi's Woolly World and uh, yeah, those Kirby's guys. Epic Yarn. Yes, that's right. Um, and I have never really glommed on to their games. It's just not a style of platforming I like. So, hey, Pikmin wasn't exact. It didn't blow me away. Sure. I mean, I don't know if they developed it or not, but it reminded me of that a little bit. Yeah, I, I also, uh, off the top of my head, don't know who was developing it. But I, I enjoy those games, so um, I, I would play them uh, regardless. There's also a, an amiibo coming out for this thing, which is just a uh, clump of Pikmin, like all kind of on a rock or a tree or something. Um, it looks super cute. Uh, they didn't get into any um, amiibo functionality, but it sounds like there's probably more than just the uh the pikmin amiibo doing stuff in in that game also interesting to know that there's no stereoscopic 3d for the game great why bother yeah <laughs> i mean i mean i, to- I totally agree I, I, honestly at this point when uh someone says like there's no 3d in this game i'm like no what <laughs> what are we talking about it just this thing does 3d <laughs> it just kind of shows to me how like both the 3d and the 3ds and the gamepad on the wii u were just kind of misfires yeah kind of liabilities to the systems um that like they would need the extra juice for the 3ds to do 3d which you know makes the battery life suffer and yeah the giant controller that is the the gamepad on the on the wii u total bummer for those things did we say that hey pikmin comes out on july 28th i believe we did the comes same out day. on july 28th so it's july 28th right <laughs> it's the same day that the july 28th yeah that's the right. 28th of july oh wait the wh- seventh month of the year right seventh month and 28th day i believe so in the year of our lord 2017 
Yes, sir. Okay, that's the day that the Pikmin Amiibo comes out. But what's the day that Hey Pikmin comes out? July 28th. July 28th, great. Excuse me, what day is it? Why, sir, it's July 28th, the day Hey Pikmin and it's Amiibo come out. Go fetch me the largest Pikmin in the, in the butcher shop and bring it to me. Um, how long do you think Amiibo can sustain itself? I don't know. Um, I do think that, uh, so Zelda, the Zelda Amiibo have been hard to come by and they sell well. Um, and they must, cause we're getting like three more Link Amiibo. <laughs> That's right. We'll get to that. <laughs> um, I think actually maybe we'll save the whole Amiibo conversation until we talk about the, sure. the other Amiibo. Yeah. Great. Uh, next up on the list here, Ever Oasis, uh, is, uh, due out on June 23rd. It uh looks like it's got kind of a, a cute story that uh they they say that it is focused on kindness i believe this is a game that has already been released in japan and is, and is getting localized oh here. is that true i believe okay. so um the uh the dude from grezzo that's that was presenting this thing uh is just kind of standing there with a, a stuffed penguin he's like just a hilariously stoic explaining this that this game is about like friendship and being kind to each other i don't know it's it's it seemed really cute. Yeah, Ever Oasis actually looks fairly interesting mm-hmm. to me. Like of the uh 3DS games that are coming out this year, that's the one that I'm the most interested in. Oh, okay. Uh next up on the list here, we've got Monster Hunter Stories, um which has been out in Japan for a little bit. I mean, obviously it's a Monster Hunter game, so they're crazy about it. Um and but Monster Hunter Stories is more of a um like a character based uh it's it's got a cuter aesthetic um and like characters that you're supposed to be invested in and uh a world that's just more i guess accessible than the normal you know monster hunter where you're just trying to get good at combat and fight more monsters uh so that will be coming stateside in the fall another game that was has already been released in Japan and is coming out here is Yokai Watch 2 Psychic Specters which is like uh, like Pokemon Yellow, is basically both of the Yokai Watch two releases in one with some bonus content. Right. It's always a little bit like, come on, man. Well, what? I don't know. I mean, there's Why there's two that... versions of this game, and then like one that's like, nah, they could have been one game. I mean, that's the rumored Pokemon Stars or whatever, right? Right. But if that's on Switch, that's a different. Oh, I then see. it's okay if it's if it's between uh, console generations, then I say fine. I <laughs> uh, I I don't Yokai Watch never hit here like it hit in Japan, so yeah. this feels like a filler release to me. Yeah, uh, totally. Um, and you and I both tried the uh, the demo for Yokai Watch Two, and it was cute, but I'd rather just play Pokemon. Yeah. Absolutely. And then a couple months later, we got Pokemon. So, uh, Then Cold Sept Revolt is a combination card slash board game that will be coming to the States uh, August 29th. This is another one that's been out in Japan for a little bit. Um, is evidently popular, but I don't really have any perspective or anything about that. Neither does Mark. Uh, then there's RPG Maker, which is coming to the States. June 27th. The cool thing to me about this one is you can download from the eShop uh, like a mini version of the game that lets you play other people's 
RPGs. Yeah. Without are, having to own the actual game itself. Which is perfect, basically. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, the uh, I, I had a copy of RPG Maker, obviously is a different version, um, on the original PlayStation. And that thing was clunky and terrible and you needed a whole memory card to save one game um and then was also a bummer because like you could just like have your little brother play it and then that was it also it took forever to make those games this is one that would be really cool on the switch yeah it was super cool on the switch i mean i think it will be pretty cool on the the 3ds too um i just i am certain that i won't have the time or energy to make uh, an RPG, and certainly not the patience to play play someone else's. <laughs> Metopia. Metopia. We talked a little bit about this one around Christmas, right? When it came out in Japan, um, or was announced for Japan. Um, this is a uh, traditional JRPG, except all of the characters are me's, so they are your friends, and you assign your friends roles mm-hmm. and um. uh, and uh, classes. And they fight with you and travel with you and all of that. So in the demo that they showed during the direct, it was uh, all the friends, me's, were faces from Nintendo. Right. And (laughs) Mark, you were saying earlier that like... The only way I want to play this game. Yeah, (laughs) I would totally play this game with like Bill Trinan. Right. You know, like Reggie Filzame. Right. uh, Miyamoto. Throw a little Satoru Wada in there for good yeah, measure. Yeah, you right. know, everybody like playing like mages and shopkeeps and like that sounds fun to me. My friends? Nah, no Boo. thanks. Boo, my friends are bad. <laughs> <laughs> Nintendo executives are good. My friends are bad. <laughs> Wouldn't it be cool if they did, if they just made a game where like all the Nintendo like personalities are just in the game? That'd be hilarious. I, I mean, I dig it. One of the things that seemed kind of cool about Metopia is uh, you have to like manage the relationships between the characters so that they just like obey battle commands. And I don't know, that's not something that I've seen a lot of um, in other like traditional JRPGs. Um, I just wish that the like normal me aesthetic that I liked it more, because um, this I don't know the game seems kind of cool, but I know I'm not going to play it. Yeah. So, yeah, Mies are kind of ugly. Mies are kind of ugly. Sometimes they don't have arms, and they almost never have legs <laughs> or, or feet. They definitely don't have feet. They definitely do not have I feet. I guess sometimes they have feet, but they're weird and gross feet. Speaking of definitely don't have feet, Fire Emblem Echoes, Shadows of Valentia, uh, still coming out when it's coming out. I didn't write a date. It's May sometime, right? Um, uh, they, they announced it is going to have DLC. In kind of the weirdest way possible, right? That the, the, the announcement, I mean, that they were like, it's an old game, but you can enjoy it with the modern convenience of DLC. <laughs> Almost like tone deafly not knowing that people have like a negative reaction to DLC. I, uh, yeah. Do you think that's true? That people have a negative reaction to I, it? I feel like it has just become part of everyday life. Uh. I mean, I, I think so. Yeah, I, I, that, that's actually probably right. I think people do still grumble about the idea of having to pay more for a game than what they're paying up front. Um, it's, just, it's a weird thing to be like, now with the modern convenience of paying a little bit more for, <laughs> for, for more content. Uh, like all downloadable content, it'll be either available in one season pass or in individual packs. And 
you know what DLC is. So they, uh, if you are a big Kirby fan, the 3DS is the system to have, especially because this year they're celebrating the 25th anniversary of Kirby by just like surprise dropping a bunch of Kirby games on us. It's like just a bunch of Kirby games on us. Uh, so there were, I mean, there were two of these games. All right. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, one game is available now uh, called Team Kirby Clash Deluxe, which is a co-op um, kind of action game um, that where you play as four different versions of Kirby, all trying to achieve an objective together. Uh, it is free to start. I don't know what that means exactly. Um, and you can download it now. Um, I, I think it just it's similar. To, I believe free to start when Nintendo uses that. It's similar to like their um Pokemon like Candy Crush type thing. Oh sure, where yeah. you need to like wait a little while between uh, or you can or buy it. Money, yeah. Right? Um one thing I noted on here is that one of the classes of Kirby is Dr. Healmore, <laughs> which is perfect. I think all healing class anything should be Dr. Healmore from here on out. Um another Kirby game that was announced is Kirby's Blowout Blast. Um, which is looks like a um like kind of three D uh single player action, um, but like really laying into the like three D exploration um component of that. And I think both of these are uh like blown out mini games from previous Kirby titles, um, but uh with just a, a lot more content and more um are, are more in the package around them. Um, and the third and final new Kirby game is just some new multiplayer Kirby game that'll be out by holiday of 2017. Did they show anything from that? Or was no, it just purely an announcement that something is coming? Yeah, I mean, they they talked, they said something is coming and they showed the Kirby 25th anniversary logo. So it's not even like they had a game logo or title or anything. I have a lot of really strong, like positive feelings about Kirby, even though I don't think I've played most of his games. There are a ton of Kirby games. Like it's, almost alarming how many Kirby games there are and like I don't know I I I think what makes a good Kirby game is just like what Kirby game did you finish you know like <laughs> what Kirby game did you arbitrarily decide to put eight hours into that's the best one I don't know I like I, I got nothing against Kirby but like it it certainly feels like a uh, a non-remarkable franchise mm, I think I agree with you I think uh, non-remarkable is more negative than I would state. I think it's just a consistent franchise. You know, like every year mm-hmm. there's at least one feels like there's at least one Kirby title Sometimes and they're three and they're all good, <laughs> but they're not great. And they all kind of feel, even though obviously like, wasn't there like a Robo Rumble one or something that just came out? Not Robo Yeah. Yeah. You know, so they're obviously not all the same, but it all kind of feels the same. Yeah, one. Well, I mean, even uh, is it Planet Robobot? Whatever it is, um, it's something bonkers. It's something Robobot is definitely <laughs> part of it. I know that for sure. Um, even that, like, it just ends up being like a side-scrolling thing where you're collecting the powers of the enemies that you encounter, which is like great. That's what I want from Kirby. But yeah. I don't know that I need to play one every year. It's. I think Kirby is one of those uh, franchises that is the most resistant to change. And everyone's just like, okay, all right, fine. You just, you do you, Kirby. Sort of on the subject of Kirby. Um, bye bye, box boy. 
finally got a release. Oh man, in the states. How that was so weird. It was incredibly weird. Um, the reason that this is speaking of Kirby is that it's Hell Laboratories that uh made um Kirby and the Box Boy series. Uh, and the reason that it's weird is that we were given <laughs> a European and a U.S. release date a couple weeks ago. It didn't show up, and then uh, it n- came out in Europe. Yep, just not here. Yep, and then NOA's Twitter like apologized and was like, Meh. "No, they didn't even apologize. They just took the tweet down, saying that it was going to be available." So so weird, even weirder <laughs> than my memory uh, had it. Uh, but so bye bye box boy is sorry. Bye bye, box bye boy. bye, box boy. Uh, it's available right this very second, um, and it has uh, Kirby amiibo functionality. So any of the four Kirby amiibo that were released with Planet Robobot, um, I'm gonna stick with Planet. I think that's right. I think you're right. Um, that they all change the your character to look like Kirby or Meta Knight or King DDD or Waddle D. Um, and if you have save data from the first two games, you can change the filters um, to either make it look like an, an old-fashioned Game Boy or uh, just like straight black and white instead of like the kind of um, grayscale. Which was game. Amiibo functionality in Japan, but since we're not getting the we're not QB, getting QB yeah. Amiibo, which is actually really cool. I wish they would release it here. I know, me too. It's, it's just a little cube. Um, but yeah, I picked up... I. <laughs> Dane to open up my 3ds turn it on <laughs> uh, update it because there was a system update why wouldn't there be and uh download by bye bye box boys it's it's only five bucks yeah and uh there are demos for all three games in the box boy series um uh, up there as well so if you want to try these games out they're really neat have you gotten a chance to play no not yet okay um maybe we can talk about it next week or something um I, I haven't uh, purchased it yet, but I'm going to because I like the, the other games in the series. Uh, now, do you want to have this Amiibo conversation? Yeah, let's, oh, let's roll up our sleeves. Let's all right. Undo our ties. Let's, let's really get into let's it. Let's get into it. Uh, so all things told, they announced um, 13 Amiibo during this Some of them direct. were ones we already knew about, just didn't have a release date for, right? Like Cloud and Bayonetta? So Cloud Bayonetta and um Corin. Corin, yeah, which is the Fire Emblem Fates um protagonist. Uh we knew that they were still coming because they were the only three Smash characters that didn't have amiibo yet. Um and Nintendo had always said that they were going to round out all of them. Um so we we knew Wait, that- no, but they had been previously announced. I'm I'm pretty sure they had been revealed we just didn't have a release date no they had they certainly hadn't been revealed um and i mean one of the bigger surprises of this announcement was that there are two versions of each one of them so uh for cloud there's like the advent children cloud where he's got like kind of he's wearing black and it's like belt buckles all over him um and uh then there's the like just classic purple final fantasy 7 cloud um Bayonetta, there's uh, the versions from Bayonetta 1 and Bayonetta 2. It's basically a difference of how she wears her hair. Um, and Corrin, there's a male version and a female version because you can play that character either way. Um, which is cool. It sort of begs the question of like, you know, there are all those other like variations for other Smash characters, right? Like the Villager, you can play as like a female version of the Villager or you can play as a male version of the Wii Fit Trainer. Um, I'm fine with all of that 
never coming, but it, it does raise the question of like, well, why these three? <laughs> um, those are coming out uh, July 21st, and some of those, some of them are going to be retailer exclusive. It's unclear which ones and to which retailers, uh, but uh, just assume that they will all be eBay exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> um, other Amiibos that were announced, uh, three new uh, Legend of Zelda Amiibos, uh, one for Majora's Mask, one for Twilight Princess, one for Skyward Sword. They will. Did I already say June twenty third? They're all coming out June twenty third. They're all Link, which is a little bit of a bummer. And we were talking about this earlier that t- the Twilight Princess and Skyward Sword one, to me, basically interchangeable. Basically interchangeable. The only real difference is Skyward Sword one is wearing uh, yellow tights, but like. Ah, of course, the old yellow tights. Ah, uh, yes, the telltale <laughs> yellow tights. Um, how many Link amiibo are there at this point? Great, let's do. There this. has to be like an armful. I mean, are we? Well, sure. Uh, are we counting Toon Link as Link? Yeah. Okay. So from the Smash, well, why, why would we not? I don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just. I'm. I'm glad that we are. I just wanted to know that we were. So we've got. From the Smash series, we've got Link and Toon Link. So that's two. Uh-huh. Um, well, we're going to count Wolf Link as well from the Twilight Princess HD. Um, and then from Breath of the Wild, we will... Or let, let, we'll do the 25th anniversary. Um, 30th anniversary? Whatever the anniversary Zelda amiibo are. So there's 8-Bit. There's Ocarina. There's... Um, uh, shoot. Looking around my apartment right now. I don't know where they are. Oh, yeah, they're there. That's not all of them. Ocarina. Uh, we just got three more announced. Right, three more announced. So that's eight. Um, and then there's the uh, Breath of the Wild Archer, Breath of the Wild Rider. So that's 10. I'm up to 11, but maybe I'm counting wrong. I mean, you're probably counting right. I. <laughs> there are so many of these things. There's a lot. There's like a, a dozen. And obviously they sell well, but it's oh. like, man... It's the uh, the the Wind Waker. Um, oh yeah. So there are two Toon Link uh, uh, amiibos. Who we're counting? Who we are counting, <laughs> of course. And uh, one Toon Zelda, uh, one Smash Zelda, one Smash Sheik, and one Smash Ganondorf. And those are all those are all of them. Um, but it's crazy to me that they're not reaching into. Well, I mean, and now there's also like the Guardians and yeah, that's right, and the Bokoblin. So right. Oh yeah, and a Zelda from Breath of the Wild as well. So, yeah, all, all things told, there's like 20 Zelda amiibo. And the majority of those are just Link. <laughs> yeah. So three more Link. And to me, they're just like kind of all, most of them are, are interchangeable at this point. Yes, agreed. Um, I think the Majora's Mask one is kind of neat. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would rather it be like the uh, Skull Kid with the mask. Um, I think that'd be so much cooler. Um. And Twilight Princess, I feel like I've got that in the Wolf Link, right? Yeah. And that's such a good-looking amiibo, and it's got Midna riding him. I just wonder, and I also feel like the Smash Link, to my mind, basically looks like Twilight Princess Link. Yeah, yeah, because he's not really Skyward Swordy, yeah. um, I just wonder, because with Disney Infinity, Mm -hmm. uh, given the kibosh, Skylanders Skylanders is taking a year off at least maybe it'll just never come back right um and the one that was released with the switch doesn't come with the pedestal you know like the thing that doesn't you doesn't come with the portal yeah the portal yeah. uh i've 
you know, like the online rumblings are that Lego Dimensions is kind of in trouble. Yeah. So all of these toy-based games are going away. I, I mean, just wonder if Amiibo is immune or if they're just making less of them. I mean, I, I would argue that Amiibo is a different thing um, because there is no Amiibo game, right? That's like, true. Amiibo, uh, they don't have to develop a game to justify more Amiibo purchases. Right, exactly. They just need to put out cool Amiibo, right? And I think that they're starting to learn their lesson about what is and is not cool Amiibo. You know, there are always going to be a surplus of crappy Animal Crossing Amiibo. <laughs> um, you know, and- There are some people who love those crappy Animal oh, Crossing Amiibo. I have a bunch of the crappy Animal Crossing Amiibo, and some of them I really like. Like, uh, I like, I love Tom Nook, I love Isabelle, um, that my KK slide, like, there are a bunch of them that I, I really do genuinely like. Um, but I stopped like three quarters of the way through that collection because I was like, I don't, I don't care about, <laughs> I don't care about Captain, whatever his name is, the little frog guy. I don't care about this guy. I don't need a figure of him. Um, but so I, th- I think as long as they can, as long as they can only make cool amiibo that, they can continue to sell them more collectibles and then like if they position them more as collectibles that happen to unlock things in game yeah versus like a skylanders or a disney infinity where you were buying them to play the game yeah yeah i mean or at least that's how they were positioned in my mind skylanders or um, yeah or like disney infinity yeah yeah, and I mean, you do physically need those characters to play the game. You know, the the games come with, in packs with figures, right? Um, which I guess uh, is also true of Amiibo, but you never you never need them. No game is like you need the Amiibo to actually play this game. There are exceptions to that, but none of them are like super compelling gameplay experiences. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I think the place where uh, Amiibo ends up succeeding is just sort of like randomly right like i think amiibo are really well integrated into breath of the wild um because you can get um just like supplies to help you out or some like unique items and uh unique clothing with a lot of the how often can amiibo? you like are you using your amiibo in breath of the wild often like how often do you do it i'm not i'm not using them very often um Every now and then, when I know I'm going to be running around like the overworld for a while, I do tap the the wolf in and have him run alongside with me. And it's not even because like he makes combat easier; it's just sort of fun to have. It's cool. It's cool to have like a companion with you who's like got similar goals as you. That's really neat in in that game. Um, to the extent where I don't really ride horses in that because I just want to run around with my wolf. I don't really. I don't really ride horses either which sometimes makes getting from place to place long right but then you're seeing stuff you want to do look it's a great game <laughs> <laughs> um but you know we'll we'll see amiibo functionality in cart um in just a couple weeks uh i can't imagine that arms won't have something right i mean it's there, there there's a lot there, there's a, a lot that the that those things can do even if it's just a little bit here and a little bit there so then we come to arms. Sure. We come to arms the same way that the direct comes to arms. It's and w- hard for me to muster enthusiasm for it. 
It's not looking great right now, right? Well, it's weird because I actually do find it very aesthetically pleasing. Mm -hmm. I I think the character design is really cool and really fun. Yeah. And I love the idea of it. But I see this game in action and I don't see anything that I personally want to play. Yeah. Yes. I mean, you know, we were talking about it earlier in the episode. Um, I'm sure that it's something that feels better than it looks um, because right now it doesn't it doesn't look particularly exciting. I don't know what like the hooks are for it. Um, and if the hook is that it feels good, like I don't, there's no amount of video I can watch. that's going to communicate. This feels good. Um, but Nintendo sure did, uh, try to show us enough video to convince us that uh, this game feels good. They introduced a new character, um, who's made of ramen or something. Her name is Min Min. Um, they also announced uh, that there would be um, two-on-two matches in this game. And, of course, they announced a release date, June 16th. Um, we'll get to Splatoon later, but the Splatoon release date is only a couple weeks later. Yeah, that's, that surprised me the most. Yeah. So that uh, ARMS is coming in June, Splatoon is coming in July. Right, um, which doesn't give ARMS a lot of time to breathe, especially if it's supposed to be like, the Nintendo, you know, online uh, competitive experience, right? Like, it's going to just get overshadowed by Splatoon, which is obviously more that. And, you know, maybe, maybe ARMS is more local-focused than, um, than Splatoon is. But, uh, yeah, it, it, it seems to me like that thing's going to get swallowed up by, by its brethren. Yeah, I, I, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it does. I guess kind of the nice thing for Nintendo is that if the Switch continues to be successful, and if ARMS is a good well-received game Mm -hmm. you know these games can sell a lot at a slow trickle over the lifetime of the console and still do well ultimately yeah um what what do you make of this um when splatoon launched on the wii u they launched it with three amiibos um and we don't have uh, arms is obviously a much more like character focused game so like their amiibo choices would be obvious right you make one for uh, ribbon girl you make one for a min min you make one for this the spring guy spring guy <laughs> his name might just be spring man um man spring the human spring <laughs> uh is it weird to to you that they're not uh doing amiibo for these things yeah i think it's i assume they're not coming because they announced so many amiibo amiibo and to not including splatoon amiibo too yeah, yeah so i guess not and maybe it's purely I'm completely split bo- spitballing here, but maybe it's a logistical thing. Maybe they're difficult, like they would be difficult to oh, yeah, turn sure. into toy form. Right, because they're, uh, man, what if they were all like actually made of springs and they like kind of awesome. around? <laughs> but they, it, I, I, you know, and maybe this isn't the reason at all, but just like how intricate it would have to be because you would be doing the inside of the springs and all that kind of stuff. I got to say, um, Amiibo have only looked better with time i completely agree like the uh the breath of the wild amiibo are awesome they look so good um and yeah i'm the uh uh wolf link amiibo from uh twilight princess is great like there's just a lot of really cool detail in those things but i i am surprised that there's no uh arms amiibo yeah it makes it feel like it's maybe less of less of a priority game for nintendo um, but they are, they're releasing a pair of yellow Joy-Con that are in the, it's just the same yellow as the ARMS logo. Yeah, so it's a bright neon yellow. Right, which is kind of cool looking. 
I, uh, yeah, I do think it looks kind of cool. The thing that makes me most excited about it is that it's it'll only be June and they're already releasing <laughs> new Joy-Con. Yeah. Because I love the idea. I mean, look, I'm a sucker. You release a SNES and NES. Oh, yeah. Like, how cool with the gr- with the gray, like, Switch oh, system, yeah. how cool would a NES, like, uh, gray and, or, like, white and red. Yeah. You know, like look, it would look really. It, whoa, it'd be or really the Super sweet. Famicom, yep, like those buttons. You know, like I'm. Please, please, I'm begging for special edition Joy-Con. Yeah, we don't often try to describe memes on this, but this is the thing with Fry ha- with the dollars in his hand saying, "Take my money." That's Shut what you listen to podcasts money. for: is descriptions, <laughs> descriptions of, of memes. <laughs> uh. Do you think you'll get these yellow Joy-Cons? Probably not. No, but uh, again, I'm more excited by what it means yes. than the actual... Because, I mean, they're having a hard time keeping Joy-Con in stock in general. Right. So the fact <laughs> that they're also doing a new color right, is pretty ambitious. Uh, they are also... This was confusing to me. See if you can talk me through this, Mark. They are releasing an accessory, which is a battery pack for the Joy-Cons. Joy-Con. Yeah, so it um, it makes the Joy-Cons fatter. Right. Quite a bit fatter. Quite a bit fatter. Which, if you have large man hands... As we do. Or large woman hands. If sure. you have large hands. If you have large bear hands. Uh-huh. You know, large fish hands. Any type of hands you have. Fish don't have hands. But what if you did? Uh, well, all right. <laughs> Then I, f- they will make it easier to grip, probably mm-hmm. like more comfortable to grip. But I had it suggested to me that it's because they are expecting Joy Cons to drain faster with the motion controls in arms. Oh, that's interesting. Pure conjecture, but I do think that's interesting. Uh, I mean, the Joy Cons already last a very long time. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's possible that this is the first game that will really have people using two separate sets of Joy-Con like at the same time. And then when you're done with them, only one of them can go back on the system. Um, Well, you buy a charging grip. Well, and you would have to buy a charging grip. Or the battery pack. Or this battery pack. Uh, So that's all stuff that's happening. Um, (laughs) Let's keep moving through this presentation. Next up is Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. <laughs> I just burped right into the microphone. I apologize for that. <laughs> Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Uh, I don't. We didn't learn anything about about this game here. Not really. That there's tournaments, right? Uh, is that new? Anything no, I mean, new? That about, was like that was multiplayer. In the Wii yeah, and I mean, all of the announcements are uh, things that we've seen elsewhere. The game is so close to coming out. Uh, it would be weird for them to be announcing new things. The now. most fun thing. To me, was seeing Toad come go by in an ass in an astronaut suit. Yep, and that is part of the Wii U version. So, oh, so there you go. <laughs> there you go. Uh, still super excited for that game. Ultra Street Fighter Two, the final challengers. Final. Yeah, final fighters, challengers. Something along something like that comes out May twenty sixth. Uh, yep. Uh, I, uh, this is a, again a lot of not new information about this game. Um. There is a, in handheld mode, you can activate special moves by touching individual areas of the screen, which I guess is kind of cool for people who can't execute those those moves or that can't do it with the speed or accuracy that a more experienced player could. 
uh, doesn't do anything for me. I don't know if that does it. Anything? I don't know if that. I don't know if that does anything for you. Is that? You no, know? I, I, I probably, probably not, not gonna, gonna get. Probably not gonna. Ultra Street Fighter I'm not too. Play Street Fighter. No, probably. Minecraft is going to be coming to the Switch. Boom! We knew the Minecraft like stories thing or whatever. What was Story it called? Mode. Story mode mm-hmm. was coming, but Minecraft itself, and I've never really understood the appeal of Minecraft. But I do think this is really big news. Yes, I mean we're in addition to being large men. We're old men. We're old, large men. <laughs> That's right. We are very old, very large men. Uh, and very small, very young children like to play Minecraft. Um, so this is great news. Uh, I mean, we could have, could have been assumed that this thing was coming to the Switch at some point. Right? Yeah, I think May is as soon as it's coming on May 11th, 11th mm-hmm. to the eShop and coming to stores sometime later. Um. But the fact that this is the first we're hearing about it, and it's coming out in May, is pretty interesting. It includes eight-player online, four-player couch co-op, a Super Mario mashup pack. Yeah, and the Super Mario mashup pack was previously available on the Wii U version of uh, Minecraft, but who cares, because it's the Wii U version. (laughs) Uh, So looking at the release schedule without Minecraft, you have... Mario Kart at the end of April, mm-hmm. basically a May release, but in April, then you had nothing in May, and then June is ARMS, Arms. and July the, is Splatoon 2, and having Minecraft in May now makes it a big release each month, even though Minecraft at this point probably you know won't get the huge media blitz or anything. Mm-hmm. It's still a very... For a very large audience, it's a very big release. It fills a huge hole in in, in the Switch's catalog. Yeah, well, and it, it also just, uh, you know, Minecraft is that, like, kind of persistent game where, like, you just keep going back to it. And I think it's the kind of thing that if it's not on your platform of choice, it becomes hard for that to be your platform of choice, right? To, like, switch over to something else to play Minecraft. But if you can just have that whole experience on the Switch... You can just stay plugged into that ecosystem, like, man, that's great. Yeah, I mean, I'm feeling that right now. Like, if everything that's coming out on the 3DS was coming out on the Switch, yeah. I would be, you know, it's so much easier for me to want to buy things on the Switch. Yeah, absolutely. Um, next up, we saw more um, Neo Geo um, arcade stuff, um, but it is important to note that Samurai Showdown Four was announced. Uh, and is out now. Yeah, yeah. it's out. Uh, but Mark and I had a whole conversation about this la- last week. Uh huh. Showdown. S H O D O W N. Showdown. I assume it's a reference to the way Shogun is spelled. Um, Nintendo, in this direct, spelled Showdown wrong. Spelled it the same way I had a typo last week. Which is, did I assume that you uh, copied that and pasted it last week? I I can't remember. Uh, so I mean, you may have copied and pasted it accurately, but it just it was bad information. <laughs> so once again, Samurai Showdown is show as in S H O, not S H O W. Right, and uh, you know, Nintendo should really be listening to this show. C- clearly, because occasionally 
we are right about something. <laughs> you know, every once in a while. Right. Mostly not. Yeah, but you know. Sonic Forces is also going to be coming out on the Switch holiday 2017. Don't care. Sonic Forces is the new 3D Sonic game. Bored already. And it takes place in an apocalyptic future wherein Eggman is doing something to the woodland creatures and the only person who can stop him, Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic Mania will be coming out this summer, uh, also to the Switch and a bunch of other platforms. And this is the one that's kind of like a remix of um, classic Sonic, uh, classic Sonic style levels and um, like individual challenges within those levels. And I plan to pick up Sonic Mania, even though I have never successfully played or beaten a Sonic the Hedgehog game, because I want, I genuinely want to understand Sonic. Right. And this feels like a good way as any to do it. Right. Without starting a Tumblr. <laughs> this is going to be the easiest way to gonna get it. going to be the it. easiest. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just so weird that it has to be bundled with like, and here's new Sonic. Also, did they just throw um, Sonic Boom? They just throw that IP overboard? Are they just done with it now? It feels that way. All right, great. Uh, yeah, they should. It's just, I mean, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't I, care I'm either. Saying, yeah. I have no, like, was it garbage? I mean, compared to all the other Sonic games that have come out recently? Like, probably about the same. Yeah. Um. So come at us, Sonic fans. <laughs> We're still filtering through your porn. <laughs> it's going to take a little time. Um, this next game is called Project uh, Mekuru. That is a working title. Um, it's a Nintendo-developed like eShop-looking game. Um, it's a four-player uh, competitive thing where your little robot looking dudes on a on a board and you kind of pound down on blocks and gain control of territory that way yeah you like butt stomp and then the tiles around you change to the color of your robot right and the goal is in the set time limit to get as much of the board your color as possible and when you butt stomp things uh the tiles might reveal power ups and things like that uh, seemed kind of bom- bomberman-y, um, but it, it also really struck me as, um, oh, the game we were just playing, Star Fox Guard, um, where it's like, oh, this is almost a game, but it's not quite enough, like content-wise, to be a game. And I could see where like the moment-to-moment uh, play could be fun, but like, I don't know, it just seems hard to call that like a full package of a game. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking slash hoping it'll be like five bucks on the eShop and it seems like it would be fun enough to play with people yeah you know like you get four people in a room and it looks like it could be pretty fun uh yeah i i'm not super hopeful about this thing i i wonder if they try to um skin it with anything uh you know like it's, we were talking about last week star fox guard wasn't originally a star fox game um they just put that facade on it and I wonder if this is going to get any of that same... I don't know. It's coming out this summer, so it doesn't give them a, oh, that's a ton of time to do that. And again, like I don't know that it needs to be anything more than a $5 eShop game. Yeah. yeah. And if, if you put any of that IP on it, that maybe makes it put some expectations on it that probably aren't going to be realistic. Um, the next title on this list is called Fate Extella. I don't understand this, and I don't really understand Disgaea 5 Complete. 
Yeah, these are both games coming out <laughs> July 25th and May 23rd, respectively. Uh, we don't really have a lot to say about that, right? Let's keep going. Um, Puyo Puyo Tetris, the demo is available now, um, and the game is out on the 20-somethingth? Uh, it's not 21st? this week, next week. Okay. Yes, so we'll talk about it before um, it, it comes out. Um, I downloaded the demo. And I have never played Puyo Puyo before, but uh, um, it's fun. Um, I, I like I like it. I like Tetris, obviously, because Tetris is perfect. You're human, right? Um, and there is a mode where you're playing against someone, and the the game switches back and forth between Puyo Puyo and Tetris every like thirty seconds, and you have like two discrete maps going on. Um, and it's a fun like little bit of acrobatics you have to do to like flip your brain from one set of rules to another does the demo have a multiplayer can you play competitive it does, yeah mm-hmm. uh and it it also has a like a tutorial mode or like a, a learning mode or something like that uh that they were talking about on the direct um but it's kind of bogus because it's just like a text screen that like explains how the games work um and not like there's no part of it that lets you drive the tutorial um so the tutorial part is kind of a a sham puyo puyo is like a match three type game it's like a it's almost like a a a a dropping them match four like it's kind of a cross between um dr mario and uh dr robotnik's mean bean machine doctor games is what i'm saying (laughs) (laughs) uh but i'm uh after, after playing the demo for a while i'm uh, to- totally gonna get this game it's it's a lot of fun and i mean you know i'm human i like tetris uh next up monopoly coming in coming this fall from ubisoft mm-hmm. uh i actually think this is a pretty cool application of the switch okay i know it's easy to be like oh it's just monopoly but i think the switch could use more stuff like this so the way or one of the game modes i'm sure there are others is you remove the Joy-Con and you just put the tablet down on the table as like the game board. It acts basically like, you know, the uh, game board of a board game. And then you use the Joy-Con to shake the die and it rolls. And, you know, uh, it plays out like Monopoly. But I think it's a cool application of what the Switch can do that other systems are not capable of doing. Yeah, and is a, a, a thing that like, you know, you bring the switch to wherever you know whatever grandma's house, grandma's house, wherever you're going for Christmas, and like hard trips, right? And you're like, well, my, we need to do something with these four other people. What are we gonna do? We can play Monopoly. Everyone understands it. It's Monopoly. Um, it's not. It's not crazy like one two switch. Uh, we don't have to tell everyone to be quiet so we can <laughs> like make the baby stop crying or whatever. Uh. You know, the fact that it is Monopoly, um, I'm not interested because I don't really like Monopoly. And uh, right to me, a nightmare sounds like playing Monopoly at a party or playing Monopoly in a car. <laughs> I could see, uh, I, it sounds like an actually pretty good like family application, right? Like the only time I end up playing Monopoly is either with my parents or with Sarah's parents. Just for whatever reason, that's a good way for us to like kill an hour and a half, two hours together, right? Um, and if that means, uh, you know, I, I'm probably going to have my Switch with me anytime we travel to 
um, you know, one of their places in Florida, and there's no way I'm going to pack up a Monopoly set and bring it somewhere. So, but yeah, I think it's a cool application mm-hmm. of the system. Uh, where are we here? Rayman Legends Definitive Edition. Uh, it's got some functionality unique to the Switch. Uh, I'll be interested in playing this game. There's no solid release date on it yet, but those are the uh, the Ubisoft um, offerings for this thing for 2017. Uh, Maybe. I mean, who knows yeah, what who E3 knows? brings? There's still that rumored Rabbids, Mario, Tactical RPG mashup. Oh, man, I hope that's out there. <laughs> I hope that's out there. Uh, what are, what do we got left here? Uh, is this Cena Mora X? Sign Mora X? It's the Grasshopper manufacturer digital reality, um, side-scrolling shooter game. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, it comes with a local co-op and versus mode. Comes out this summer. And oh, one thing that I thought was really interesting in this direct is how much Nintendo's focused on co-op. Like, yeah. especially like uh, couch co-op, being able to play on the same system or on multiple systems in the same room. It's something that the Switch does that other systems don't. And you can tell that Nintendo's really leaning into it, which I think is really smart. Yeah, they, they, they definitely should be leaning into that. And we've talked about in the past our love of couch co-op mm-hmm. and how it's kind of a dying art on other systems. So it's, I'm excited to see the opportunities for uh, couch co-op on the Switch. Yep. Uh, next up, we've got uh, Battle Crashers Night War. Um, <laughs> Mark, you've got a funny note here that says first on Nintendo Switch. Actually, this isn't true. In late September or in late summer. Yeah. So when in in the direct, it was announced that Battle Chasers Night War was coming out first on Switch, mm-hmm. and almost immediately afterwards, the developer took to Twitter to clarify that it's coming to the Switch on the same day as the PC, Xbox One, and PS4. It's not actually first on the Switch. Well, I mean, if they all happen at the same time, then they all tie for first. That's a great point. Okay, so that's what it should have been, is tied for first <laughs> on the Switch. Uh, Payday 2 is also coming to the Switch. This seems like a weird choice. Yeah, crazy. This uh, game's out been, been out for a while. It's been out for a while. It is a weirdly violent game where your criminals... Pulling in, off heists? Pulling off heists. Um... Also, I think I played it for free on um, uh, the PlayStation Network um, maybe four or five years ago on, on PlayStation 3. Uh, I don't think Payday 2... I don't think Payday 2 is that old. Okay. There is a pay... Obviously, like, Payday. Um, I think Payday... You're saying Payday 2 is not the first one? <laughs> <laughs> I think Payday 2 came out in the last couple of years. Oh, okay. Because um, I remember it having a pretty large presence at E3 2005. Okay. But it has a dedicated following. Mm-hmm. It has a ton of content that has already been released. And again, I can the killer app here is the portability. Sure. So this may have a little bit of the uh, Minecraft quality to it, too, where there are people that are just dedicated to this game that if they're able to play it on the Switch, then they can just make that their main machine and just do that. Uh, we've also got a Namco Museum coming out. Um, which is just packed with old Namco arcade games. But some that we don't really see that often, especially on Nintendo hardware, such as Splatterhouse. Yeah, I mean, even something like Dig Dug, I feel like we don't see other places. Um, Again, has that local mm -hmm. co-op. You can do the vertical display on this thing, which is cool. Yeah, I mean, that you could do it with the Neo Geo games. Yep. Um, And 
again, I don't know that has tons of practical application, but there's definitely room for a third party to make a um a vertical stand for yeah. this thing. Yeah, I mean not just room for it, but kind of a necessity now, right? Because what are you what are you supposed to do? just like prop it up against something or <laughs> lay it down, I guess, and hover over it? Yeah, that'll work too. Uh there's challenge modes for each game, which kind of reminds me of like NES remix. Uh sure. Um Remix is pretty robust, but uh, well, are even they, even little challenges are can, can add like replayability to these games for sure, um, and that's due out in summer. Uh, also, if you want a switch dock so that you don't have to unplug your dock and bring it to other TVs or something, uh, you can do so. Uh, May nineteenth, they're going to be available both from the Nintendo Store and at retailers. Yeah, they say there's going to be limited quantities, so. No kidding. <laughs> but I, I think it's uh, cool that they are doing it. I mean, for them, what are these docks like $90 a pop or something? Are they that much? They're pretty expensive. So it's uh, like easy money for them, right. but is great for people who have mul- like multiple TVs in their home. Yeah, sure. Because again, one of the really cool things about the Switch is you can just get up, pull the system, drop it into another... Well, gently put it into another. Just throw it in. <laughs> put it into another dock, and you know you don't have to do anything. Right, and yes. So as long as you have these docks in all the places you're going, then you're set. Yeah. Um, then we get to Splatoon. Splatoon. So uh, first thing is that they are still supporting um, the multiplayer scene on the Wii U, um, the original Splatoon. Um, the U.S. Inkling Open, which is cute, um, is a tournament. This tournament, yeah, that uh, you can win a trip to E3 2017, where I almost a hundred percent guarantee you will compete in a Splatoon 2 tournament. Uh, that would make sense to me. I don't know why else you would <laughs> bring uh, world-class Splatoon players to E3. On the subject of Splatoon 2. The Direct closes uh, with more information about this game. Like we were saying earlier, it's coming out in July the 21st. That is sooner than we were thinking. Yeah, I, th- I think we were expecting like end of August. Yeah, right? like August or September. Um, so we saw a new mode, which they're calling Salmon Run, which is very clearly Horde Mode, right? Nintendo, we have a name for this. It's Horde Mode. But it looks super fun. And I love in the Direct, they're talking about uh, like being an independent contractor. Yeah. And how terrible that is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it does seem super cool. Um, that uh, just being able to jump in with a bunch of uh, friends to fight off salmon and collect stuff from them. Um, if nothing else, seems like a good way to add some variety to that gameplay. Um, they were also announced three more amiibo still in the like same lineup basically as the original three amiibo inkling boy inkling girl and the squid the inkling like squid version of them um the amiibo functionality also seems like it might be kind of weak at this point um that you can save outfits to amiibo and then you can either put on those outfits if you're playing on someone else's machine or you can pose with your amiibo uh, and take pictures that you can share on Twitter or whatever. It says sometimes the amiibo will give you items. Yes, yes sometimes they will give you equipment. Um, and that all, 
all existing Splatoon amiibo will that there is functionality for them in this game. Um, they just weren't specific about what that is exactly. I am really excited for Splatoon two. Uh, yeah, it seems like it's going to be a really cool. Um, I I mean I I like the first game a lot. The the idea that there would be another game mode that's not always, um, competitive. Like I, I like that angle of, of Splatoon, but you know, sometimes you want to just like play a game and have fun and not feel like you're letting people down. <laughs> um, and I, I think that the the horde mode, the salmon run, could really scratch that itch. Absolutely. Uh and that brings us to the close of the direct. What a direct it was. Yeah, man. Uh super long. I mean not not super long, but like so much information. Um yeah, I, I I loved it. If if they could all be like this and have so much like, there's so much for everyone, right? Yeah, I mean, f- from Minecraft to Payday Two, that kind of you know, with arms in between, right? <laughs> uh, that's a that's a pretty good summary. Uh, let's move on to the topic. Uh, if you have any reactions to the Nintendo Direct, maybe you thought it went too fast. Maybe you think ARMS looks great. You're wrong on both counts. But uh, you can send us an email to Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com uh, and uh, tell us about it, and we'll read it on the show and uh, tell you why you're wrong or, wh- or why you're right. I mean, whatever happens. That's going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, you can always follow us on Twitter at Nincart Society. You can check out our Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Cartridge Society. Uh, if you have a second, we would love for you to rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, and while you're there, you can check out other What's a Creative um, shows. Uh, I am on a uh, podcast called Teen Creeps this week. Uh, they review... Um, YA Pulp Fiction, uh, and we were reading the 1973 classic novel, I Know What You Did Last Summer. Uh, It's a good time. It's on Feral Audio, so check that out. Um, If you like Mark and Mind's opinions about stuff, we write about comic books on retconpunch.com, and we play D&D on the Twitch channel Dungeoneers Union. Uh, That'll be up uh, every Tuesday at 7 o'clock Pacific time. Uh, Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by 8 Betty. You can find his music at 8BitBetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Eller saying thanks for listening. It's a creative podcast network.